We all get bogged down with the mundane tasks of life, especially this time of year. But isn't it time you take a break from your normal, boring routine? Don't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Get in the game with the bold, tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. You can be having a blast anywhere. Having a blast at work? Having a blast in traffic? Having a blast while you file your taxes? No, really. We mean it when we say anywhere. With Baja Blast now in stores everywhere, you can be having a blast whenever and wherever you are all year long. So what are you waiting for? Pick up an ice cold Baja Blast today at a store near you. And for a limited time, with every purchase of Baja Blast in stores and at participating Taco Bell locations, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. This swag is available for a limited time only. So don't wait. Grab a Baja Blast and start having a blast right away. No purchase necessary. Open to U.S. residents 18 plus subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com and 615.24. Void where prohibited. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And you are she listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, it. and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. And here are some calls. She did it. Andrea Riseborough did it. Woo! Couldn't tell you anything about what she's in. Forgot everything about her already. But Andrea Riseborough did it. Academy Award nominee, Anna DeArmas. Hey, Lindsay Bobby Timmy, long-time listener, too-many-time caller. I literally called last night, and I'm sure you're getting a million calls about this, but she did it. Frances Fisher did it. She got Andrea Riseborough nominated. Wow. Wow. All right. Bye, y'all. The way that we have brainwashed hooligans into cheering for one of the worst performances I've seen ever in my life on a Dharmas and Blonde and a movie I've never seen and a woman I've barely heard of Andrea Riseborough in To Leslie. I didn't even want anyone to cheer for Andrea Riseborough. In fact, I think it's funny, but like I'm here to cheer for Anna Dharmas, sure. I'm not cheering for Andrea Riseborough. So you didn't watch Blonde, right? No, I still haven't watched Blonde. I watched To Leslie. That's why. I wish I hadn't watched Blonde because I would be over here freaking Ana de Armas updating. Ups, updatings. Mm-hmm. I would be like rah-rahing. I unfortunately like subjected myself to watching it. Now like a little part of me is like, you know she was so bad. That movie sucks ass. <laughs> don't support it. Like I don't, I want, but I want to be dumb. I want to be brainless. I want to have no brain cells. I want to cheer for her. Because the idea that Ana de Armas is nominated for an Oscar, like that's qu- <laughs> what? Tell what? March 2020 us that Anna de Armas right. is about to get nominated for an Oscar. Oh my God. Remember how we were like, Anna de Armas, like, she can't catch a break. All these things that she's in are like, <laughs> turn out to be awful or like, never come out. Like, blonde or break. deep water and da da da. It's like, it turned out blonde was actually the greatest decision of her career. I still think 
Deepwater is an extremely good movie, and she's extremely good in it. I think you're exaggerating. <laughs> no, I'm not. I love Deepwater. I've watched it three times. I think it's great, and I think she's great in it. Well, maybe you would like Blonde, even though it's a pro-life incredibly bad movie. Maybe you'd love it. I don't know. If you loved Deepwater, maybe you'd think Blonde slays. Yeah, and then once the shock and surprise of Andrea and Anna's nominations were off, I was like, well, fuck. Now I feel awful for Danielle Deadweiler and Viola Davis, who gave two of my favorite performances of the year in movies I actually like. Only two of the women on this list truly gave performances that are worthy. Oh, of the actress list, the actual nominees. If I was like actually putting on my I'm ser- I'm being a serious person hat and not like being a troll, which honestly you should treat the Oscars like a You'd troll. You'd say Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett. I would say those are the only two people I think there who actually. I wouldn't say Michelle Williams. I'm not saying her name, but I'm. I think you were there. I'm sorry, Mitzi. A Mitzi and Marilyn can stay. <laughs> actually, very similar characters, but they can stay together off my list. Mitzi, Mitzi and Marilyn are not on either of our lists. They're actually similar, uh, to be fair. I mean, the cross, the Academy loves a fragile blonde woman, you know? Whatever. This isn't an Oscar podcast. I just can't believe that this is the follow-up. I really can't believe this is the follow-up. Anna and Andrea crashing the party. As the New York Times says in their list of snubs and surprises, the section about Andrea Riseborough was titled, Andrea Riseborough Crashes the Party. It would be a big day for Who Weekly if Ana de Armas and Paul Mescal won Oscars in the same night. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Do it for us, if not for... Who cares? What is the purpose otherwise? Do it it for us. If I'm not doing it for Mm. me, for my career, who cares? Yeah. What do I care if Kate Blanchett deserves it or Michelle Yeoh deserves it? Oh, whatever. (laughs) Okay. So many calls about Andrea Riseborough. Is it Andrea or Andrea? <laughs> she is English. On, it's I Andrea. He, she, okay, wants, it's Andrea. she wants you to say Andrea. What movie is that from, Andrea? Come Andrea? It's from Devil Wears Prada. Yes, thank you. Okay, go ahead. Thanks. I saw a tweet yesterday that was like from some, I don't know. I, I don't even Hashtag know what subsection of Twitter this person was in. But it was like, yeah. never forget what Andrea Riseborough wore to the Mandy premiere at like Sundance in 2017 what? or whatever. And I was like... Who in the absolute <laughs> fuck remembers what Andrea Riseborough wore to the Mandy premiere at like South by Southwest or What'd something? What'd she wear? What'd she wear? She wore like all red and her shirt like had words on it. Stunning. It had wor- what did it say? It had something like sassy on it. It said something Stop. sassy. Oh, here it is. Stop. And she had like a, um, you seen Ocean's 13? Yes, of course. She had a haircut that reminded me of Ellen Barkin in Ocean's 13. Are you sending me Don't these ask. photos or am I? Yeah, I'm sending the you... photo. Oh, okay. It's a bit of a serve. I've just never seen this woman in my life. I've never seen this woman in my life. <laughs> Wait, that's her? It says, may the bridges I burn light the way. <laughs> oh, it's the, it's the, yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the. And also dying because the step and repeat behind her is like, Acura. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Jay Sapphire. <laughs> Literally, I should have actually written a game that's like, is this a woman? Is this a random woman or is this Andrea Riseborough? Because I feel like you would fail. I know I would fail. When I saw this photo of Andrea Riseborough at the Sundance premiere of Mandy in 2018, I was like, I've never seen this person in my entire life. <laughs> I should make this quiz for the general pub. Like, I should make this quiz and like put it on Twitter, like as a Twitter thread or something and be like, random woman or Andrea Riseborough. 
all right, I'm done with this. She you is keep Mandy, talking and Mandy. About it. I'm done with this too. Okay. And I'm she's sorry. also Leslie just, and Leslie. She's Leslie and Leslie. But her name is Andrea. Not Andrea. <laughs> Andrea. We have to we have to play some calls. Hi, Weekly. I am convinced that Austin Butler listens to this Tuesday's episode because it's Wednesday night and I just saw an article from Vulture that Austin Butler has actually thanked Vanessa Hudgens for prompting him to try out for Elvis. He calls her his partner at the time, and he says he owes her a lot for believing in him. So finally, justice for Vanessa. I mean, he could have named her, but whatever. And the Vulture article called her the Sneaker Night Songtress, which is so true. Basically, what we're going to do is dance. Crunch, crunch. Basically, what he's going to do is credit her. Um, basically, what we're going to do is correct the record. <laughs> do you hear the podcast? People were talking about this before us. I'm not giving us that much credit. Mm, here at the podcast. Austin Butler, hooligan. He, he, he did finally say, I dated a woman named Vanessa Hudgens, and she changed my life. <laughs> no, he's, he didn't say that at all. <laughs> That's exactly he what he did not that say a, that. That was a hell of a paraphrase. That was Somebody a repeated his story back to him, which loved to do press. I hope you can clear up. Uh, you've talked about a moment since you had the role. It was Christmas time, and Elvis song came on. You were with a friend, and you were singing along, and your friend. And he goes, I was with my partner at the time. This was an interview by Mark Olson in the LA Times. So Mark Olson did it. This is a weird way. I, I got to say, it's one thing for us to call him out, but to directly call him to his face, to be like, please confirm that the person you were with was Vanessa Hudgens. We all knew it was Vanessa Hudgens. I'm glad that Mark Olson got him on the record. I think he needed to get, it, get on the record. I'm glad that he was like, let's just say this. It's very like, and now we said it. You know, like he needed to say it. I owe her a lot for believing in me. She did believe in you. Baby V. She had a clairvoyant moment. But it's just funny because nobody said, nobody was like, heard these two stories and was like, well, I guess it wasn't Vanessa. Everyone was like, we know it's Vanessa. He's just being a little turd about it, you know? <laughs> yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no one I know was exactly like, what you're saying. No one, no one thought anything he said discredited Vanessa Hudgens' original story, which she told 25 times about telling Austin Butler to, to audition for Elvis, which she clearly told with his permission when she first was telling it because I guess they were still together. The fact that Vanessa Hudgens in all these headlines is being framed as a clairvoyant is the most tickling part about all of this. I love the idea that she's clairvoyant versus just being like a supportive girlfriend. Like if we just call all, all supportive girlfriends clairvoyant, that would be fun, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Vanessa Hudgens, basically what we're going to do is dance in two languages. Here's the first one. Básicamente, lo que vamos a hacer es bailar. Okay, crunch, crunch, bye. <laughs> we got Spanish. You know, I'm and Duolingo then got... Spanish right now. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, wait. I didn't know that. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. Are you fun. doing well? I Honestly, I'm slaying. Wow, you reminded me of the only, the only uh, <laughs> helpful thing my grandfather ever said to me, which was, well, why the hell are you taking French and not Spanish? Yeah. You live in Texas. <laughs> and I was like, listen, Grandpa. <laughs> Because I want right. to slay. Because I want to slay. He was literally so right. right. Oh, I hate admitting that he was right. He literally was right. Sorry, Grandpa. Uh, you're right. Uh, he didn't even sound like that. But whatever. But it was, it, he was it correct. In my memory, he sounds like that. You live in Texas. <laughs> you you're like, Texas. au revoir, Grandpa. I'm going to Perry. <laughs> oh, au revoir, Papa. <laughs> no merci. <laughs> hey, Lindsay Bobby. Um, just wanted to provide you with the audio that Google Translate wouldn't give you for basically what we're going to do is dance in Hebrew. It goes, 
Um, that's it. Crunch, crunch. Uh, women do belong in sticker night. Okay, great. Love that. Spanish and Hebrew, we've done it. So okay, maybe like on. we. <laughs> Right, like our our like life's work to translate sneaker nights into every language is underway. Basically, basically. <laughs> Hi, Who Weekly team. Long time, short time. I had to pause the pod because you guys are talking about Salesforce, and I literally am in Salesforce every single day for my job. So you are right. Salesforce is a them. It's like the number one CRM platform for all businesses. So basically it's a way for businesses to track their revenue. So all of their clients and basically they can make all these big dashboards and like send out emails and make sure that they're contacting people. It's a crazy complex system and there's so much to it. And I don't even understand half of it, but yes, it is a them. It's very important and it's really vital for reporting on data. So I just wanted to share crunch crunch. So what you're saying is basically what we're going to do is report data. <laughs> what? Is... I didn't understand a lick of that. Yeah. I hope it's clear this is not an ad for Salesforce. I don't get what it does, and I don't think um, anyone needs to know that, what it does. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, you just listening, and you're discussing whether Madonna knew Bob the drag queen before the Truth or Dare tour revealer. Um, and I am someone who listens to Bob the Drag Queen and Monet Exchange's podcast, and Bob proudly, proudly talks about how he and Madonna know each other from him, like, hosting some party for her and or being in a video or something, and they text. So she knew who Bob the Drag Queen was. I know that much for sure. All right. Good form, Bella Thorne. Bye. Two other fun facts called in by people that we don't have to play. Amy Schumer opened for Madonna at MSG, and Amy mm -hmm. Schumer and Madonna share a manager. So I think, and via other sources that shall remain unnamed, my assumption that Amy Schumer really was the ringleader of the table, maybe not with Bob, but, you know, seems with the true. rest, seems pretty uh, accurate. Speaking of Madonna. Hi, Who Weekly. Um... So I just saw the Madonna biopic has been scrapped as she embarks on her world tour as per, I think, like Hollywood Reporter or something, or maybe Vanity Fair. I don't remember. Um, but, yeah. No more Madonna biopic. I don't know if this means it's on hold or it's never happening. Do we even know if Julia Garner ever said yes? Anyways. Yeah. Tell us about it. Okay, bye. Um, oh, one of everything really good. I keep forgetting that this movie was very much an amazing Amy project. Oh, it was? Yeah. It's Amy Pascal and Madonna together. Do we, I think Amy Pascal doesn't suffer any fools, as they say. I think she said you have to choose. Can't do both. Can't direct a movie. In June 2022, Madonna tweeted on Instagram stories a poll. Movie about my life or a world tour? <laughs> and her Stop. fans voted 62% world to 38% tour. world tour. Nobody the fans don't the care about the movie. She Nobody literally was like, should I go on a world tour? Should I do a movie? The movie, I think she knew, even in all of her recent kind of like delusion or whatever she's going through right now, it's like even she knew that a world tour would be more successful than any sort of movie she put any sort of, you know, 
effort into, especially with her as a director, especially because she went through 45 scripts, right? And it's all public info now at this point, which is even more annoying. It's been publicly fraught for like the better part of the pandemic, right? At least. It's unbelievable that like we had multiple press cycles about the, I don't know, the intensity (laughs) of this biopic. And now it's just over from from the multiple screenwriters to to the multiple Madonnas who were clamoring for this role to the very awkward interview with Julia Garner after she won an Emmy recently. Was it an Emmy or a Golden Globe? And they were like, what's going on with the Madonna biopic? And she was like, "Mm, mm, uh, mm, I I can't really talk about this yet. I can't talk about it yet or something. Whatever she said. Also, interestingly enough, Demois had a you know tip posted in August of last year, non-pleased, but I have it on good authority. The Madonna biopic might not actually happen despite casting. Apparently, a nightmare production. I mean, of course, it's a nightmare production. They said it's the biggest pain in their ass, and they've ever, that they've ever dealt with because of the script and constant changes and what's needed in production. Blah blah blah. It's going to cost a lot of money. Even before Madonna said, "I'll be doing the world tour instead," this clearly had a fraught situation going on behind the scenes. You know, I kind of believe this uh, this Demois tip. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. Um, It's early on Monday morning, and instead of getting up and going to work, I'm scrolling through Instagram. Oh, long time, long time. Uh, But I came across this, like, easily, like, 10 or 12 screen posts from Todrick Hall, who you guys have definitely spoken about before. I don't remember if the decision was that he's a who or a them. He's amazing. Let's not kid ourselves. This, like, I feel like this is, like, an, a vast increase or improvement on the form that is the Notes app apology. It's, like, 15-screen personalized cursive handwritten novel, novella that he has written has really just, like, some truly wonderful parts, including a line that the call is coming from within the house because there are queer people who are critiquing his hideous show. But anyway, I just really would love for you to um, dissect this handwritten Instagram screamed apology or whatever we're calling it. It feels very much like something you are all experts about. Um, And if you could remind me, like I know there's still a lot of drama with him and he like allegedly didn't pay people or whatever, but truthfully, I don't know or care enough to figure out what his problems are. So if you want to just sort of like give us all an update about what Todrick is up to, how unhinged these posts are, I would so appreciate it. Um, Much love, promising young, promising young woman, woman, crunch, crunch. Do you think that this is an improvement on the notes app form? I would argue, even though it feels more personalized, because obviously it's like handwritten, there's something very kind of almost inauthentic about it in that way and how kind of many pages we have here and how kind of desperate it is to like it's alarming lay it out that's like what it this. is it's stinkier it, you know wait stinkier like alarm it, go, it go reeks of desperation you know like i'm too good for a notes app i have to be more authentic i have to show myself here is there something where like maybe your true self is stinky though like is that what this is Maybe being on a reality show, being showing your true self and then writing like this true, real, honest letter and like everyone's like, oh, stinky. Maybe that's saying something too. Well, I don't think that's his intention. I think his intention here is to seem more authentic. But what I'm saying is when you're like, 
I'm authentic. And then you like say your truth, but your truth is like, everyone's like, that's your truth? Like you believe that being on a reality show, being the star of a reality show is like helping with anything at this point? Like you you really think that's political? Like you think that that's like important? So he released two handwritten pre-apologies, preemptive apologies, explanations in the span of the past week. There's one that's quite long. That's, I think, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine slides. So nine handwritten pages of Todrick's thoughts on his Instagram the day that his new show on MTV, Real Friends of WeHo, premiered. Then he released another four-page note on his Instagram after. But like Mm. a lot of this was about, you know... I've already seen people shit talk this show. I've I'm I'm prepared. the first episode of the show which I watched and I think you gave up on rightfully. He's already in defensive mode. He's like no one yeah. likes me. I'm bullied all the time, but I'm such a successful queer person and like how dare you take that from me? And that's kind of the bulk of what he's saying in this. It's also just such a bad stance to start with like versus being like I don't give a fuck. I'm successful. Like I put out music. I'm a dancer. I'm doing all this stuff. Like he really does despite Whatever people say about him on Twitter does everything, does a ton, is starring in, starring on Broadway, is now on a reality show, like really is a very productive person. So why come from a place of like, my truth is that all I do is get stressed when people don't like me. I got to say that's YouTuber disease. That's like, that's how you know that he was a YouTuber first. Yes. That you read, it's very reads the comments, you know? People are making fun of Dorian Renaud and Brad Goreski as well and James Bond, but they're not doing this. You know, like Curtis Hamilton is the the one who's coming out. He comes out basically on the show. He's like yeah. uncomfortable with the sexuality. The first scene with Curtis Hamilton, who is an actor who he's been on Insecure. He famously played Dr. Dre in the Surviving Compton miniseries. You know, like he's been in a lot of stuff and he's never been out yeah. as a gay man. He wanted to be like a leading straight man in Hollywood. The first scene with him is Issa Rae, literally his friend Issa Rae, being like, mm-hmm. why are you doing this? <laughs> like, like, why are you doing this This show? is a bad idea. She doesn't right. say it on you're camera. You're not going to trust Issa Rae? Oh, she's, wait, he, she doesn't even go on the show. She just, like, she's on the show. She's on oh. the show. But after they're talking, it cuts back to wow. Curtis. And he's like, I remember when I first told Issa I was doing this, she was like, why are you doing this? This right, isn't exactly. like you. This is a bad idea. Because exactly. Issa Rae famously wrote a memoir and then talked about how she regretted exposing too much of herself to the public because she's like, I'm a private person. Why did I do that? So she's very anti this sort of stuff. So he has a more like sympathetic narrative. Todrick comes in guns blazing being like, everyone hates me and here's why they're wrong. And I'm going to go on Bob the Drag Queen's podcast with Monet Exchange, sibling rivalry, and I'm going to explain myself. And then Mm -hmm. Dorian is like, I don't like anyone. I'm a businessman. All these people are beneath me. James Vaughn is Jonathan Bennett's husband. And I still don't really know what his deal is. Joey Zazig is the influencer who like is maybe one of the most insufferable people I've ever seen in my entire life. And then Brad Goreski is Brad Goreski. Who I love, honestly. (laughs) The the thing that Todd Recall is trying to argue here is that representation, the mere fact of this show being representation for queer people in Hollywood means that it is beyond criticism. And he thinks that because it's a queer show that queer people cannot complain about it, which is a statement that people have been getting into a lot of trouble making lately. So his two things that he sort of comes to the defense of himself about in this note, in this series of notes are one, people got mad at him for not paying his dancers. And he says, I love my dancers. I was a dancer in my entire career until 2010. I have never not paid a dancer I promised payment to 
ever. If a dancer well, has done gigs or videos that's without pay, key. it was discussed before they ever stepped foot into rehearsal. Let's do some critical reading here. I have never pay not paid a dancer I promised payment to. So basically what he's saying is I've paid dancers when I offer to pay them and when they're paid, okay, when yeah. they're, it's a paid gig. But I've used lots and lots of dancers in an exploitive way, exploitative way, unpaid, okay? Mm -hmm. There's a difference here in the conversation. And that can mean a lot of things. That could mean he said explicitly, I'm not going to be paying you, or he let the dancers assume they were going to get paid without saying they would. You know, there's a lot of manipulation here. I think he does believe, oh, if I offered to pay you, I paid you. And if I didn't, I didn't. But there's a lot of nuance, a lot of stories within those lines. So, you know, best of luck to this statement. The other fascinating thing the is house. he says, I own my home. I would never lie to fans about that. It was a huge accomplishment that wouldn't have been possible without your support throughout the years, which is funny because he's directing this at haters. But then he's saying your support. It's like, OK, you're right. The support mm -hmm. of the haters. He's speaking I was to, renting, yeah, you're right. He's speaking to two communities at once. <laughs> I was renting the and, and purchasing the simultaneously. But now she's all mine. That's all I can legally say. Here's my thing. I do think that the rent thing what is actually this actually does make it a little bit interesting when he wasn't quote unquote paying his rent I actually do think that he's was in the right there because if he was buying at the same time and there was also rent involved maybe the back paid rent was him holding out because of the buying process being started or something and something with like a contract going through like I just feel like it's more complicated if he was like renting it and then he was like I'm gonna buy it and then there started to be some contract negotiations or whatever so I'm never going to side on a landlord, you know? Never. No. Even yeah. if, like, even if Todrick Hall's not paying his rent, like, whatever, go off King, don't pay your rent. The the the, right. the point, the problem was, like, he kept saying, I am. And then the, like, how yes, dare yes, you? Yes. I own this house. And then fair, the renter was like, fair. no, you rent it. But he seems to have had every possibility to make it clear what was going on. But he keeps saying that it's a legal issue and he can't explain it. And I really don't understand how that could be a legal issue that he can't speak about. The confusing part is Todrick will talk about anything. So right. it's sort of like no celebrity, no individual person, no private citizen, no celebrity is under any obligation to tell us the details of their life. Like most of them want to. They want to tell us a lot, but they don't have to. I just find it weird that someone who's, who is so inclined to give us the details of his life wouldn't provide the details of this house when sure. it's the one thing that he's getting clowned on. That, and the one thing that he sort of has like legal backing for. Like he shows Bob the Drag Queen and Monet Exchange the deed in the episode of the show. Really? Stop. And yeah, a true like, OG YouTuber would make an entire video about the process of buying yeah, his that's house. That's what I find weird. That's what I find weird. Wait, I didn't see these second notes. The second Wait, note the is really funny. And that the first notes begin with a cursive, a very like tight, not much letting cursive, not much line break cursive. Wait, then where are you it looking? Becomes, How many notes no, at the, are there? At the top. Then oh. the same first note kind of becomes all caps, block. sans serif Wait, what's block going letters. On here? How then is he this an squeezes on them in. And then the second note is sort of that block lettering again, but it's a little more... Uh -huh. It's a little angrier. You can even see in like the, the way that he's writing, he's a little angrier. No, no, but don't you think this is why this is worse, the original notes app thing where you type it out? Because I can see the kind of anger in the in the writing, in the handwriting. He really does have nothing to apologize for beyond the dancer stuff. And even that, I feel like any publicist would say like, you don't have to say shit about this. Just shut up. You don't have to say shit about this. I think that Todd Call is like, Kind of like exactly the type of reality personality you want in a show like this. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like, and when I was watching the show, like, Todrick Call is not even the weak link. Like, he is exactly the type Fair. of person you want in the show. And honestly, Fair. so is Brad Goreski. Curtis Hamilton, who has kind of an interesting story, but honestly, it was so sad that I was just like, this makes me uncomfortable. I almost, I am feeling like, why are you doing this? Did you get pressured into doing this to tell this, like, coming out story? James Vaughn is good because it's sort of like you're the less famous husband of, like, a kind of famous gay who. That's kind of funny. And you seem silly and harmless. Hook. Dorian Renault, who is the butta guy, is like a great character here because he's like maybe the most successful, maybe the richest one of all of them. He comes with security to a party. Like when when he the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life is when he gets to the influencer's house. God, what is the influencer's name? I already forgot. Um Joey, Joey Zazig. When he goes to his house for an engagement party, he doesn't even know him. They notice that they're both wearing blazers and he goes, We're giving similar. <laughs> How are you? Joey. Dorian. Nice, nice to meet you. you. We're giving yes. very similar. I think that there is promise here because it's like, I find the dynamics actually sort of interesting and maybe I will keep watching. But like, Todrick, that's what blows my mind. It's like, Todrick, you don't need to be defensive about this. Just let people discover it. I just feel like each page adds to, like adds against what you're trying to do here. These four mm-hmm. extra pages, as if you wrote your pages, said your piece, read all the comments about the pages, which is exactly not the point of this, wrote more pages. It's just, it's so, you do not need to defend this show. Mm -hmm. You're on it. You're You're getting paid. You're good. Here's what I keep meaning to bring up and I keep distracting myself, but. Sorry. I was sort of like, it's giving, I don't have a publicist, right? Because I I always feel like most publicists will tell you, don't say anything. Shut up. Right? Like, shut up. That's, I think that that's not unfair of me to say. I think that most publicists say, like, don't mention it. It's giving maybe a Bravo publicist who's got a lot lot on their plate. (laughs) Well, Lindsay, would you like to know why the publicist might Uh be a little busy? Who do they also represent? An unknown actress named Michelle Yeoh. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, publicist is busy. Juliana Plotkin. Juliana Plotkin has 11 clients per IMDb Pro. One of them is Michelle Yeoh. Good sleuthing, Bobby. Oh my God, I love that. She's like at Sundance. She's like at something. She's putting together some Oscar thing and she looks at her phone an hour later and she's like, no, Todrick, no, Todrick, no. She's like at the Oscar nominations ceremony at 5 a.m. and Todrick's like, should I post? I'm posting. I'm posting unless you tell me no. I'm posting unless you tell me no. You have five minutes to tell me no. I don't know how frequently update these things. Maybe she doesn't represent Michelle anymore. Maybe she doesn't represent Todrick anymore. We're playing. We don't know exactly, obviously, the deal. But I think that's extremely funny as as a theory. But the thing is, like, the more I think about the show, which I did finish. Wait, you finished the episode, not the show. The episode. Yeah. The second episode isn't even up yet. But, like, okay. it's it's a disaster, but it's not the worst reality show I've ever seen. When it first started, I was like, I'm not going to be able to get through this. I seem to be unraveling. Is it better or worse than the Culpo sisters? Oh, it's much better. It's much really? better. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I hated the couple And like, I, I also think that show. like, it's the same thing about Housewives and how like in this season of, we've talked about this privately, like this season of Housewives uh, of Potomac is really fun for me because the fact that they're not close friends outside the show is like text of the show. And it's very important that like they have really close friends that are outside of the show. And so it keeps coming up that it's like, we're not good friends outside of this. Why are we acting like we're good friends? Some of them are, but not all of them. And in Real Friends of WeHo, some of them are good friends outside of the show and some of them aren't. And so it's sort of like the dynamics of someone coming in and being like, hey, I'm Dorian Renault, like a famous businessman. Like, 
I don't really belong here, but I'm being paid to be your friend or try to befriend you in this show and things are going to be tense. And like, that's kind of interesting, but I don't begrudge any queer person who's like, I don't want to fucking watch this because who cares? It's fascinating. The whole thing is the notes are fascinating. The history of this person is fascinating, Todrick. And I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. What what do we have in the future? I I. I feel like he'll be very successful. He'll remain very successful. He just got Samsung Galaxy money. I went on his Instagram. He's doing an ad for <laughs> Samsung Galaxy foldy phone. Samsung yeah, has no. such a... I mean, of course they do. Big marketing budget for that phone. Sabrina yeah, Carpenter, fold, top to call. The foldy phone. <laughs> Sabrina Carpenter phone. Still, can't, still can't touch an iPhone. <laughs> okay. Next call. Next call. Imagine upgrading your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high-quality items priced within reach, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for 50 bucks, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. You know what I recommend from Quince? I got a classic organic purse sale duvet cover. I got it in, what color did I get it in? Sand? It's a mm-hmm. nice, earthy, it's not white. It, but it's it's a nice off-white sand. It's great. It sounds amazing. It is amazing. I love it. It's very comfortable. Quince is very well known for their washable silk. I have a piece. I have a skirt, washable mm-hmm. silk skirt. And there's nothing like, again, I know we keep saying washable silk, but there's really truly nothing like washable silk because silk is really hard to take care of, good silk. And you can wash Quince silk. Mm-hmm. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices in premium fabrics and finishes. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Wow. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash who. Lindsay, you're in my apartment. You're sitting on my couch right yep. now. Oh my God. Wow. What does it smell like? Nothing. Nothing. And the cats are around. And I don't really have a scent. And so the cats I, are around. I would be annoyed. I'm like, well, doesn't it smell like my scent? But there's no scent, really. And there's the cats are like, around. The cats are around. You said hi to the cats. I saw them. They're here. It's not like you're hiding them from me. Yeah. So that I don't smell them. They're here. It doesn't smell like cat anything. Doesn't smell like You cat. would tell me, it right? It doesn't smell like poopy or pee-pee. You would tell me, right? No, I would. You would. I wouldn't have sat here recording this podcast if I could smell cat urine. I know, and you can't smell cat urine, so you can comfortably record a podcast around cats because Pretty Litter makes it so that my house doesn't smell like fucking cat. Yeah. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra absorbent. It's lightweight. It's low dust. And one six-pound bag works for up to a month without clumping. That means no more wasting litter. And it gives me peace of mind because in addition to trapping odor, the crystals change color if it detects early warning signs of illness in your cats. So when you go to the vet, you can say, well, the crystals turned this color. That could mean this color. And they like hearing it. Like Plus, it, it ships free right to my door. I never run out. I don't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space in my little apartment. And even better, I don't have to like lug stuff all the way from the store up the elevator and the stairs into my apartment. I count on Pretty Litter to keep my house smelling fresh and clean. And you can too. Go to prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order. Prettylitter.com slash who. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You know that Bobby and I live in New York City. If there's anything we like talking about other than like, you know, one of the hot restaurants, it's apartments. 
Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools that make it much easier when you're looking for a new home. I could talk about apartments for hours. <laughs> Where? What's in it? What do you want? How much? Landlords? Blah, what are your blah, mandatories? Blah. Laundry and building? Oh my God, you have a washer and dryer in the unit? Never heard of such a thing. Oh my goodness. I don't need it. But you know what I do need? Dishwasher. You and I do need... Oh, I take a dishwasher. Light. I take a dish. Uh, uh, actually, yeah, I take a dishwasher over a washer and dryer in a heartbeat. In a in washer a, dryer in a New any York day. minute, baby. Any day. Do you need a balcony? No, I find balconies overrated. I think they're a scam. I think balconies are a scam to <laughs> make people feel like they have extra value. Maybe you're like no carpets. Maybe you're like I need hard floors. Maybe you're like I have a pet. I need somewhere to put my pet. These are all the things that you need to know when you're looking for an apartment. And using apartments.com means you can filter in and filter out whatever you want mm -hmm. and you don't want when you're searching for apartments. And that is yep. crucial. Features like favorites has the listings that stood out to you so you can revisit them and won't lose what could be an amazing future home. Visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. On a recent episode, you talked about Andrea Riseborough being in the movie Possessor, which is, de which is directed by Nepo baby Brandon Cronenberg, son of David. He has a new movie coming out called Infinity Pool, which stars Alexander Skarsgård, probably them, Mia Goth, probably them, and Cleopatra Coleman. Um, other than having a really cool name, who is Cleopatra Coleman? Is Mia Goth a them? No. You sure? Even with her face all over the everyone loved no. X that's and Twitter brain. Lucy? That's Twitter what's brain. It called? No. Oh. Pearl. What's that's called? Twitter Lucy? brain. Pearl. Lucy. <laughs> that's sorry. Scarlett Johansson is Lucy. She's Pearl. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Originally, her the clip people kept sharing of her was from Pearl, like doing that dance and smiling. And now the clip that no one can yeah. stop sharing is her in Infinity Pool, oh, a movie that's not even out yeah, yet, just which... screaming, "Where do you think you're going? Where do you think you're going?" She has one of the most disarming voices in Hollywood. Like, there's like an extreme disconnect between her voice and kind of her demeanor that I think is endlessly, like, surprising to people. Especially, like, if you've never seen Mia Goth in anything, and then, like, oh, Mia Goth's in this, and then she opens her mouth, you're like, Ugh! Where do you think you're going? Are we excited for the Cronenberg son? I didn't love the last Cronenberg movie, but I'm always intrigued by Cronenbergs, you know? Yeah, um, I will it be seeing scary. Infinity Pool. It looks actually weird. Yeah, right? Are all the Cronenbergs, like, in film? Yeah, probably. Well, there's Br Brandon Cronenberg, and then there's Cassandra Cronenberg, and they all do movie stuff. I'm not sure. Ooh, Some of them tough. are just producers and like whatever, but that's tough. There's Caitlin Cronenberg, who I think made a movie recently. God, what did she make recently? Oh. From the mind of a Cronenberg. <laughs> no, that's kind of enough. I know. That's what I'm saying. I think it's fascinating that we're just like all working in the same industry with the name. She's crew on like Brandon and her dad's stuff. And also, didn't Brandon uh -huh. make Possessor? Yeah, Brandon made possession. Yeah, so with Andrea Riseborough, which is why this caller, yes, which is why this caller called. Possessor was apparently good and I scary. Never saw it. I didn't see it. Too scary. So we have Infinity Pool, which premiered at Sundance, and now it's coming out like instantly. It already had a distrib distributor, I guess. So it stars Alexander Skarsgård, them, True Blood, yeah. them, Big yeah. Little Lies, them, notorious like yeah. sexy creep who's like fun. Like there's the disconnect between like, very funny. He's so funny and cute on red carpets. But in every no, he role, knows. he's like 
horrifying. Like this most, th- just a threatening, scary man. He leans in. He's so good in like Northmen, and when he mm-hmm. showed up in um in uh not that wasn't him. Sorry, <laughs> that was his brother. <laughs> and his best friend is Jack McBrayer, aka Kenneth Purcell from Thirty Rock, which is yeah. weird. Yeah, and also, a- I'm willing to say things that I won't say on mic there, but it's like. Don't. Don't. Don't you dare. Anyway. Okay, Actually, that would, make, that would make me like him even more. Like, wow. Me too. That would be a fucking, I, we would literally stand. The, oh. I will. Okay. I'm stopping <laughs> you. I will say, though, like, I hope this doesn't jinx me saying this, but I feel like the Skarsgård family bros of actors, pretty, pretty good overall. All yeah. likable, all good, all seem like okay guys, considering. Just finished the first season of Andor, finally, took me months. Stellan's in it. Good. He's great. Oh, Stellan. I'm Daddy. Mean, we love Daddy. Too. Here we go again. We love Bill. All right, go ahead. Okay, so, but the star star of the movie is actually not any of those people. It's, uh, it's Cleopatra Coleman. Cleopatra Coleman. Haven't seen it, but apparently she's like the she's the main girly, one of the main girlies, right? She's the girly. Yeah, because the little the little freak can't be the main girly. She has to be the little freak. The main girly is like she's the one who's like, oh no, you know, like someone has to have this happen to them, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what's kind of <laughs> funny about this is that you have Alexander Skarsgård established name right Mia Goth like up-and-coming scream queen freaky deaky weirdo girly and then you have Cleopatra as the third I think probably the second most famous I would say she's even more famous broadly than Mia Goth because she's been in so much stuff and she's probably more famous in Australia because she was in the fucking show Neighbors which all of the Australian actors who become international stars seem to have starred in for a little bit you're disregarding the popularity of The Last Man on Earth, a show that I watched. And yeah, she's okay, really you're right. good in that. And I right. do feel like a lot of people, when they see her face, would be like, what do I recognize her from? And it's that. It's The and Last the other Man thing on Earth. she was in that people did watch and was lauded, even though I didn't, was Dope Sick. I know that that was kind of like critically loved, but not really watched as much. I think people, did, I don't know. Like, I th- she was in that as well, which was kind of a big deal. You didn't see social buzz about Dope Sick, but I think that has to do with a lot of reasons, but, right? Like, what are you going to meme from right. a show about opioid addiction? You know, like. Right. And she's apparently, you said she's in the new Zack Snyder movie coming up. Like, that's how we know that somebody's on the prefaces. Prefaces. Well, pre- preface. I pre- think this is. What is it? Precipice. Not precipice. 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 But I think that this is like, this to me, I'm trying to think of a parallel, but I can't. Like, my brain's broken. You have the three different forms where it's like Alexander as an established star gets gets this role and it's a big deal. Premieres at Starbucks. Stars at Sundance. Mia Goth is on the come up. It premieres and then at Starbucks. At Starbucks. Mia Goth is on the They're come up where it makes Sundance sense that she's Starbucks. doing this. But then Cleopatra's yeah. kind of like somewhere in the middle where this is like the break from perpetual pretty good, famous, successful role to maybe something that could catapult her up or is just a signifier of the fact that she's on the come up. And I think that that's proven with the fact that her two upcoming things are a Zack Snyder, like, comic yeah. booky movie. And she's yeah. in what is giving to me Amanda Seyfried in the Elizabeth uh, Holmes show. She's going to be V. Stiviano in the Sterling Affairs miniseries. This is insane. This is That's insane. I fucking love Vista Viviano. I love her. If that show was good, that's Emmy, 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 Emmy all day. Okay. My I will rabbit. say, I, at first, I was a little. My I was silly a little rabbit. Bit, he's my he's my <laughs> silly rabbit. 
Lawrence Fishburne is playing former Clippers head coach Doc Rivers. Ed O'Neill as Donald Sterling, I'm which telling is telling like, you. Jackie Weaver as Shelly Sturving and Cleopatra Coleman as V, my favorite face mask queen. Remember when she wore the <laughs> when big she wore the that visors face mask. out? I love her so much. Can you tell me what your relationship with Donald Sterling is? I'm Mr. Sterling's right-hand arm man. I'm Mr. Sterling everything. I'm his confidant, his best friend, his silly rabbit. His what? His silly rabbit. His silly rabbit? Yes. Is that what he calls you? No. Rest in peace, Barbara. No one would ever say what the way that Barbara just said <laughs> what? what to Silly Rabbit. <laughs> what? His what? When Cleopatra Coleman is V. Siviano, Emmy voters are going to explode. They're going to be like, we have to do something about this woman. Yeah. That is going to be a shot for shot. Well, it's one shot. It's going to be a perfect, in- it's going to be a perfect <laughs> impersonation of that. Like, are you kidding it's me? It's one shot. It's one. If they don't leave Barbara in it and just cut to Cleopatra, at- I'm going to be so mad. We do not need another Barbara. Just leave Barbara. Just cut mm-hmm. her in. Mm-hmm. She is Australian, which, you know, we love here mm-hmm. at uh, at Who Weekly. Yes. And she was on Neighbors, as you said. This is not nepotism, by the way. And what do we do? We call this nepotism. Her mother was a costume designer from Jamaica. Her father is of Scottish no, descent and was a musician, nepotism. writer and director. Doesn't really count, mm-hmm. I don't think. That's not enough. Sure. The nepotism scale, it's lo- it's near the bottom. It's near the bottom. But no, I don't from... think it's on this. It's I don't I would say it's not nepotism at all. There's no whiff of nepotism there. Sorry. No. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, I'm calling in about a Nepo sibling, a potential Nepo sibling, um, Nell Mescal, who is Paul Mescal's sister. Um, she is, I guess, trying to be a singer or something. Um, she had a TikTok go viral because of Stevie Bridgers last year. Um, Stevie was in the TikTok. Um, and then she went on to, like, start promoting her music and all this stuff. Um, and now because Paul Mescal doesn't have social media, Nell is like doing all the posting about him reacting to the Oscar nomination. Um, anyway, I just think it's an interesting dynamic. Wonder if, I very much wonder if Nell's music will, you know, start to get a little blip because of this, but, um, in terms of Nepo siblings, the thing I think that's interesting about it is, like, her place is very much there because he doesn't have social media right now. Like, it's helped her elevate her status um, more so than probably it would have. I mean, definitely it would have if he were online. Um, yeah, just thinking about Nell Mescal. Crunch, crunch. Before we get into Nell Mescal, Meskel, which I don't even think will be long because she's barely a who. She's like newly a who. I would, but I wouldn't call her an I think she's techni- I think she's legitimately a who very quickly. I want to make sure I'm saying Meskel right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the pros, Riz Ahmed and Allison Williams, because apparently they got no pronunciations wrong when they did their Oscar nominations announcements. Paul Meskel in After Sun. Mescal. Paul Mescal. Well, you have to think about it. It's an Irish. It's not going to be Mescal. It's not. You got to say it like if you were saying an Irish accent. Paul Mescal. Paul Mescal. Paul Mescal. Paul Mescal. This actually tests my uh, siblings' Nepo theory, which is like good in the short term, awful in the long term. 
Explain yourself. Being a Nepo sibling is not good, I don't think. You're always compared to, I think it's better when you're a different industry. Paul sings, but he's known to be an actor. She's a singer, so that's going to help or whatever. You know, he previously had a singer fiance, now doesn't. That was maybe helpful, now is not. But I just also feel like it's really hard to separate yourself from the per- from the sibling and like being no- now like we're getting call- we never were called about this girly before. Now we're getting a call because it's Paul Mescal's sister and like she's posting tweets about like his Oscar nomination and being excited and it's very sweetie. Even FaceTime but then with it's the family. like who is this woman, right? She's all, she's a singer. She's a performer. And you're seeing tweets like, I didn't even know that Nell Mescal had a sister, which I think is very sweet. But like, okay, Paul what? <laughs> I still don't know who Paul Mescal is and I've never seen him act. Sorry, Paul. But I know his sister's name is Nell and she's hot as fuck and sings good and I want to kiss her on the mouth. Okay, so that's very nice from Sweet Jiba, mm-hmm. GB on Twitter. Nell retweeted that and said, this is sending me into orbit. And to be fair, I did listen to her music and she has a beautiful voice. Oh my God, beautiful voice. And is like buzzy below the line on the Spotify system. You know, there she's there. She's in she's in the mix. You you look at other examples of the siblings thing and it's mostly bad. It's mostly not great for the sibling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's like Chris Evans has a gay brother who acts. What does he act in? I can't watch any of that. Right. I think the music is helpful because ex- accessibility-wise, I can find out whether or not she's a good singer in about 30 seconds. <laughs> right, right. And whether you like her music. Right. Yeah. When it comes to other celebrity siblings, it's like whatever their art form is, whatever their craft or talent is, it might take a little more work, you know, like a little more labor on my part. With Nell, I was like, okay, here we are. like the caller says paul doesn't have social media so if i'm looking up if i want to find right. like private information about the mescal family it's going to be on nell's instagram <laughs> right. tiktok or twitter you know like because paul isn't doing it but again the reason we're talking about her suddenly right now is because of this oscar nomination she made a lot of very cute content on twitter and tiktok in which she shared not only the intimate screenshots of Paul's nomination journey, like when he was on a FaceTime with his family, finding all this out, it adds like an element to Paul and her life that makes them a little more charming, where it's like, we love people who are close to their family, you know, like, it's just like, it's still sort of kryptonite for a lot of people where it's like, oh, and he likes his family. Oh, and he FaceTimes his mom. Oh, he has a good relationship with his little sister and his little brother, you know, like, it does double, triple, maybe quadruple duty for everyone in this family. But also to be clear, we're only seeing this because this is not this was not in existence unless you were a Paul Mescal stan before literally the Oscar nominee day. It's not like mm-hmm. she's constantly po- she's not posting for him. She's not constantly no. posting photos of her brother. And do- no, this happened no, no, like no. one time that she like tweeted a few things and Instagrammed a few things. So I think while the caller has a point, it's interesting if this was happening on a larger scale. But it's really not. It's like she's doing his social media. She's yeah. doing her social media and he's a part of her life. So mm-hmm. she's including him, you know. It's like it's like a week long little cycle where people are. People are charmed by Paul Meskel's nomination and the only place to get the information happens to be 
Nell's social media. About his family and kind of the excitement of like, you know, the Irish people. I love his headline. Um, Not such normal people. Paul Mescal's <laughs> sister, Nell, 19, is revealed as a rising music star who went from sitting in the toilets on her own at school in Ireland to a record deal in London. I mean, the story's cute. She moved to, she dropped out of school and then went to London to become a star and now it's kind of working. She lives in North London. She's released three singles and has a management deal with American firm Q Prime, which looks after Metallica, Muse, and Foles, as well as being signed to Manchester indie label LAB Records. Records. Cool. Like, I found the stuff with her family sharing the FaceTime cute, but the funniest thing, the absolute funniest thing to come from Paul Meskel's Oscar nomination is, I'm not going to pronounce it right, L- Linster Driving Campus, presumably in Ireland, who posted on Facebook, massive congratulations to past student of Linster Driving Linster. Campus, Oscar nominee and superstar, Mr. Paul Meskel. You have put Maynooth on the map. I don't think he has. And we are all so proud of your achievement so far. Enjoy Oscar night and hopefully you'll bring home the gold. I love and that. they posted a photo of him, like, I guess finishing Maynooth. his driver's exam <laughs> from like it's years perfect. ago. They like, they like blot out his license. He's holding it. He clearly just got his license. It's very cute. The whole thing is cute. It's cute to come from a small town and then the town embraces you. It's that's the whole thing. That's right. I think that's why we're getting this. The last point I was going to make is I think that this is maybe not hugely because of this, but I think a part of the reason specifically the media is so charmed by this and willing to give this so much attention is because they're sick of the nepotism story. Yeah, I, I agree. But also like these two as entertainers, but especially Paul came, quote unquote, out of nowhere and he's got a little bit of an underdog thing going on here mm-hmm. for many reasons. But in the entertainment industry, uh, the movie that he's in that's being lauded after Sun, which is fantastic, is also kind of an underdog. So the whole yeah. thing, it's a first-time writer-director. It's her story. It's a sad story about her dad. It's He's starring in it. He's kind of an up-and-coming thing that people love and has done great work and did it. Like He feels like this underdog. And yeah. that's why I think – and he is. And that's why I think the – the narrative is like embracing all of this stuff. But you're right. Like the, whether you're talking, if you're if you're talking, oh, his sister, maybe Nepo sibling, that's mm-hmm. really not what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that he is so not Nepo. Yeah. He's so, he is the OG what, what you want to see, which is like coming from nowhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, BLT. I, I'm sorry to give you more Eminem discourse, but not Eminem the rapper, Eminem's like the candies. Um, they just said uh, they're not going to do Stokes candies for a while, so they put it on pause. And the Stokes candies have been replaced with Maya Rudolph, which I think it's a good choice, but <laughs> like, the purple Eminem was too controversial. Or I, I don't know, like the, the green Eminem wasn't sexy enough anymore. Um, either way, I'm, I'm sad. Uh, we're missing out on a lot of good content. I don't know what the future holds. I, I hope it'll be good. Uh, crunch, crunch on my M&Ms, but not the purple one. Rule of thumb. Any brand who announces something crazy, weird, random in the month of January, that's a Super Bowl ad. <laughs> that's a Super Bowl ad. Sorry. It's a Super Bowl ad in the making. Okay? The M&M brand, they're trolling your ass. Okay? They're not getting rid of the lesbian M&Ms. They're not getting rid of the bisexual M&Ms. They're not getting rid of the, like, peanut M&M and the blue M&M. They're not the getting rid of the M&M nervous M&M. M&M. The M&M. <laughs> they're not. The idea that the M&Ms are 
nervous, scared, weird lesbian. <laughs> lesbian. <laughs> Dumb. Like those are the different categories of M&M. Well, none of the M&Ms are straight. Like all the M&Ms, all the M&Ms are definitely queer. That's why it's funny that it's like, oh, this M&M is lesbian when I didn't assume the rest of them were like, you know, straight or even cis, you know, they're M&Ms. <laughs> they're chocolate. <laughs> they're chocolates. All of the M&Ms like perfectly understand that gender is a social construct. Like all of the M&Ms yes! have read every piece of literature, academic literature about like gender. Yes. Anyway. Also, you can't pause from the spokes candies. They are the M&Ms. That's what's in the bag. Okay, I can't talk about this anymore. I can't talk about this anymore. This is like when Mr. Peanut was killed and then Baby Peanut came out. Hi, I'm calling because I feel like coffee is a large part of Who Weekly culture, obviously with donkeys and Bobby Gotta having his Java. And so on that note, I was thinking about coffee shops, and I'm wondering if the brand Dutch Brothers is a who or a them. I live in a part of the country where they're everywhere, and they're, like, publicly traded, and I think they're in, like, a dozen states. But I have no sense if they're, like, a regional them or a who. Um, I think they're a regional them, but, like, do other people in parts of the country know who they are? Like, I live in a part of the country where we also don't have Dunkin' Donuts, but I definitely know about Dunkin'. Um, So, yeah, I'm wondering if Dutch Brothers was a who or a them. And... I hope you guys can tell me. Okay. Uh, crunch, crunch, Scarjo Yummy Pop. Okay, I've never heard of this in my life. Okay, I was going to ask you, I never heard of them until Christmas. When I was home in Texas for Christmas, there was a moment where I was like, I need to get out of the house. Like, I need to get out of like. I need to get out of I this love house. That moment. I need to get out of this yeah. house. That's when I go to Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, who wants Dunkin'? I don't care. I'm going. And then I just And go. I was just like, I'm taking the car and I was like, just going to drive around for like, I don't know, 30 minutes. Like, is that okay? Yeah, fine. Yeah. And so Josh and I like drove around and I was like, just Google coffee place because there's, I I just want something different because I've been drinking just hot coffee. I want an iced coffee somewhere and I don't want Starbucks. Like, give me something local. And then Uh Josh is like, what's Dutch Brothers? There's one a couple miles away. I'm like, never heard of it. Sounds great. Okay, cool. But it's not local. And it's not local. And I Google it. There's a really long line at the drive-thru. And it's like Christmas Eve. And there's a super, super long line at the drive-thru. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Fine. It looks like a brand new construction. I'm Googling it while I'm in the line. And I noticed that they're everywhere. And I've never heard of it. And then I looked at the map online. And if you look at the map, it's like, they really are, as the caller said, they're in at least 12 states. And then in Texas, they're kind of like all up and down I-35. Like well, I want to read to you, when you Google Dutch Brothers on Google, the people also ask is really revealing. First of all, about like the way that we feel about brands these days, but also just about this coffee company. Number one is, what is so special about Dutch Brothers coffee? Number two mm-hmm. is, why is Dutch Brothers so popular? Number three, is Dutch Brothers a conservative company? Mm-hmm. Number four, is Dutch Brothers cheaper than Starbucks? Number five, is there a Dutch Brothers boycott? And then does Dutch Brothers support police? <laughs> so there's a lot going on here. It, it is funny that people are like asking these questions. They're like, I'd love to not go to Starbucks every day. Do I feel ethically okay with this new brand of coffee that I've never heard of before? And so I guess that's why they're Googling these things. 
Well, just it's just also like these are things that people Google these days. I would also think they were local. I'd be like, oh, delicious local San Antonio Java. And it's like, no, we're from Oregon. Josh goes, Josh goes, is there a big Dutch population in San Antonio? And I was like, I don't think so. And then, and then I like, I Googled it and it was like, oh, these are fucking everywhere. And they're based in Seattle, you know, like, or Portland yeah. or wherever they're from. Based, somewhere in the Northwest. It's right. Portland was a push cart in Portland or whatever. It was a push cart. I love God, anything's bad. You know what? I'll take anything over um, blank street. I, I literally, I would, I would, I would drink, I would drink mud. I drink literal sludge. Well, mud is a brand, so <laughs> you got Well, that's, deli- it's del- and it's delicious, and I have drank it, and I did like it. But I mean, I drink like, I drink actual mud. Your aversion to Blank Street's really funny to me, because I only get the cold brew there, and I think it's totally good. Do you just not like the aesthetic, the vibe? I hate the company. I hate the meaning behind it. I hate everything about it. One of my favorite TikTokers used to work at the Blank Street, Blizzy McGuire, no, I, f- I know I follow them too. I uh, you should Blizzard hate them. They, they're, huh? Their whole thing is like we want to get rid of the barista and buy more expensive machines that do all the work for you. Oh, okay, that's evil. Fuck that! And they're still charging you so much. It's like I'm spending ten dollars for a for a iced latte, blah blah blah, because the barista is like touching it, pouring it, making it special for me. I agree. It's like when a grocery store like replaces all their cashiers with self checkouts, and you're like, this is so fucking bleak and dy- dystopian. I hate that. Okay. But Dutch Brothers, I think one, two, three, who? Who? Hey, Bobby, Lindsay, and Timmy. You guys talking about the Beyonce Hotel and comparing it to a uh, a Tetris block brick got me thinking, can you rank the Tetris pieces from who to them? Um, good luck. You know, I don't know if they actually have names or anything. But, uh, yeah, crunch, crunch. Okay, okay. I think the hooiest block is the oh my god, this is hard because they're all kind of them blocks because like it's the game. But like the hooiest the hooiest block is the O block because it's like as you want it. Yes. You you want it, but it's rare. You always want it. And you're like, where is she? Like, where's <sighs> this fucking O block? Mm-hmm. Where's the where's the four blocks? Uh where is she? And she never arrives. The square. And then yeah. I would say the the themiest is the eye block because she's lo- she's always there and you also want her so you're like oh god there she is eye block here's to save me you know what I mean mm-hmm. and then I would say the second hooiest is T block and then I would say the J block L block Z block and S block are all kind of in the same mix okay you go from who to them Z S same J L same but I think it goes yeah. from bottom to top O yeah. block the squares uh huh T block uh-huh. The T. The T. L, J, then the, the L and J. And then the and slightly the above S, Z. Yeah. Because S, Z, like just the aesthetic, like you look at that and it's so, it's giving Tetris, you know, like. Sure, but those are, and, th- and I would say I agree with you because those are the villains. Those are, those are the villains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are the villain blocks. Those yes. are the villains. That's the Ursula of the game. Yeah. Exactly. She's coming for you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. O, T. LJ at one. Yeah. SZ. S-T, one. SZ. And then right. I at the top. I. I is the themiest. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. That was very easy. I'm going to actually true. put the text over that. Hmm? Although. No, it's okay. No, that works within the. No, I don't know. I'm just thinking like which one of these blocks when I see it, I know I'm playing Tetris. I block. I don't really know. It's just a straight line. S block. I'm playing Tetris. Like I know I'm playing Tetris. T block. I know I'm playing Tetris. 
Well, if that's if that's the question, which of these silhouettes is giving Tetris more strongly than any other one? I think it's even I think it's T. I don't even think it's S or Z. I think it's T. You think it's T? I kind of think it's T block. S or Z. But okay, so we should we bump T up? I think T block is number one if we're going that way. I guess you're right. Oh we were saying God. sort of like which are our favorites, which are the most helpful. Yeah, we're talking about in whatever. the game, and then I was thinking about meta kind of outside the game. So maybe it's from who to them, O block, J block. L block in one thing, mm-hmm. then Z block, then mm, then, then maybe I block, I block then, then Z block, S block together, then, then T block at the top. Yeah, okay, that works. Mm, okay, Great. I'm happy with that. Next call. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. I'm calling you in the middle of the night because I can't stop thinking about this question. I've been watching Traders, um, which, you know, y'all, I don't know if you've talked about it or not, but... Uh, it is a smorgasbord of who's and nas. And my question is, we know from the show that Alan Cumming knows who Ryan Lochte is. But does Ryan Lochte actually know who Alan Cumming is? Also, has Ryan Lochte gone from a who to a na? I would say yes. I mean, I know he's an Olympic man, maybe. Anyway, I don't think Ryan actually knows who Alan Cumming is. Would love your thoughts. All right. Crunch, crunch. Bye. Ryan Lochte, never been more charming as he is in The Traders. <laughs> Truly one of his best showings on television to date. Right? I guess. Traders, I had to stop watching. I was like, I don't know what's Well, I watched here. the entire thing. So I think <laughs> I can tell it? you. Yeah, I had to know. Who the, I had to know. Not that I, I knew who the Traders were the whole time. It's a, it's a very flawed game show. I'm not a fan. But I did watch the entire thing. Yeah, of course. And it gets better. It gets much better towards the end, but you shouldn't. Ha- you shouldn't have to watch six episodes. You shouldn't have to watch six episodes to show for a show to get good. I agree. Right, as our as our pal Steven said, once there are fewer people on screen, it makes a little yes. more sense. But I was just sort of like, why is anyone murdering anyone? I just didn't really understand. No, the, it doesn't make any sense. The, the show is bad. It doesn't make murders. any sense. I don't understand how people why people like it. It it's like a it's like one of the most like poorly designed shows the mole forever bring back the mole the mole rules please the mole is perfect what but let's let's answer the question though does ryan lochte know alan coming did he know alan Cumming? i mean he doesn't now he knows he now, now but did he know before absolutely no. not no. no brian lochte didn't barely knows his if he has health insurance and what that would be you know i, I don't think he knows who alan coming is he's not really aware of things like people their names or where they're from you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yes so that's the end. Ryan Lochte doesn't know Alan Cumming. I'd love to. I'd love to know how long like Ryan retains information. <laughs> yeah, his <laughs> you know, recall's like, not great. How long does, does stuff he have better stay recall than me? Oh, probably. How long does stuff stay there? Sort of like <laughs> how long does stuff stay in there? <laughs> well, you know when you when you swim for that many years, like stuff just kind of floats out, right? Like the water. I sort of think about his memories and like his brain power as sort of like stuff going bad in your fridge where it's like, did he seal it well? Did he just sort of like rest a piece of plastic wrap over this? Like, how well are we doing? How well is this memory doing? Is it like just (laughs) in a bowl in the fridge, which I've done, you know, it doesn't work that well. It doesn't really, that's not really how it works. Yeah. 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 Thank you for listening to Who's There, a weekly call-in show. Keep calling in at 619-WHO-THEM-BELIEVE questions, comments, and concerns. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our Rita theme song on Tuesdays. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing. Support us on Patreon.com slash weekly for bonus episodes, commentaries, sometimes Discord server, all sorts of stuff. You can also get the audio only on Apple Podcasts in the app. Just click subscribe. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye. Hey.
How long does stuff stay in there? So I just got pushed a news story that charities can now register websites under the new digital domain dot giving. So not only is it giving dots, it is now dot giving. Crunch, crunch. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. Uh, just wanted to call with a couple Rita bits because I am lucky enough to know someone who is very closely associated with Rita. Uh, first thing is, is that um, I now know the origin of Rita's incredible phone chain thing. Um, it was something that was sent to her for free, and she super loves it and is emotionally attached to it. And there are two others in existence. Um, the other note is that I did play the Rita song for our mutual friend, and she loved it. Anyway, crunch, crunch. Bye-bye. Hey, Who Weekly. So once my roommate invited two random guys over for a hookup off Grinder who didn't know each other, and one walks in through the door, and he's like a short, cute, scruffy boy, and then shortly after, a taller, less cute, cute boy walked in, and I burst out laughing. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> you're fucking the chain smokers. Um, it was incredible. But in all seriousness, that is the configuration. The shorter one is the hot chain smoker. I don't know which name that is for you guys, but it's the shorter one. The taller one is the not hot chain smoker. Um, life in the case art. Okay. French French Bye. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. On behalf of high school English teachers across the land, Times New Roman is absolutely still required um, because of the Modern Language Association guidelines for how one formats a paper. So Times New Roman, 12 forever. Although when I make my own handouts, I don't use Times New Roman. I've gone to Alice or Cabin Condensed. Anyway, long-time listener, first-time caller, crunch, crunch. Hi, Who Weekly. Please do Mother of the Week every week. Some people have been. 